0: We're live, potty, we're here again Made it another week Another week Yep, another
1: big week, they, they were
0: always big I can't. I don't think we've ever come on and gone, Geez, that was a polite one
1: mm, We just felt compelled to get into the Robert Allenby studio and chew the fat again, eh?
0: We did, we did
1: mm. <laughs> Should we get into it, mate? Let's roll We're here. We're live. The Sports Detention Podcast. I'm your host, and my co-host is right here too. Hey, young guys! Now we didn't get any response no, on that I can't one. Believe that? No. Well, uh, quiet audience. Tough crowd.
0: Well, I tell you how they're going, Grego They're going really, really well, according to some of the new stats that are in. The new football show is a hit.
1: Mm, yes, the new football show. So this is your uh, your first serving. Yep, you're on tray. Yeah, the OG. Yes. Yeah. Um, however, you do get the uh, second serving of football as well. So, I reminded all our fans we are now running two shows here at the Sports Detention Productions.
0: And we love your feedback, and we love you get on board, guys. So keep getting us around on the, around us on the socials. We absolutely love mm. it.
1: Like and subscribe to the show at your local podcast dealers, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, mate, and what a week, should we get into what's caught our eye? Yeah, what's caught your eye, potty?
0: Well, October, mate, Mm. starting to warm up a little bit. Yep. People are starting to think a little bit about Christmas, you know. a bit of a spring in your step. A bit of a spring in your step. Winter is a distant memory. Mm. But, you know, we don't need to start thinking about Christmas just yet, mate. You know what we need to start thinking about, apparently.
1: What's that, mate? Halloween. Hello, hello what? Halloween. Now... That sounds like some sepo bullshit, if you ask me.
0: When did this become a thing? Well, I, so mm. I um I went into um, Bunnings not long ago, and Bunnings have always got their Christmas section towards the end of the year set up. Pretty sure they just reel it straight on out after Father's Day. Yeah, but just before the section with all the Christmas gear, so I'm talking lights, I'm talking Santa Clauses, every, all the bells and whistles. Yep, a whole bunch of Halloween stuff like. Thousands Mm. and thousands of dollars worth of merchandise. It's unbelievable. Now, this isn't my first uh, dip into the world of Halloween, mate. It's actually a bit of a big thing in the area I live. And my kids noticed it a couple of years ago going on and they said, we have to do that next year. Yeah, we've got to get amongst it.
1: Free, did someone say free lollies? That's right.
0: And so last year I was out trick-or-treating with them. And this year they've been talking about it for the last well, ever since the stuff's been in the shops and, and mm. they've actually got costumes going and everything. So, Grego, when did it become a thing in Australia? Because it was something that you
1: used to see on The Simpsons. Yes. Um, I don't know if it is a thing yet. Mm. Um, look, uh, oh, look, we can, we can def- definitely see the push towards Halloween being a part of it, but, I mean, it's all about the lollies. It it's is. It's all about just dressing up and... You know, it seems like a fun thing to do. Mm. I don't think it's something... We don't do it anywhere near as well as they do it in North America. I'll oh, no. give you the hot tip. No. Like, Halloween night, downtown Vancouver, is the most outrageous thing you've ever seen. Mm. They do it for real. They take it seriously. They spend some dollars on it. Mm. Yep. We, don't, we don't have that.
0: Well, if, if I can be honest as well, we don't really get near them as far as Christmas is concerned either. I spent um, uh, Christmas two years in a row over in the States up in um, – I was near Vancouver actually one year as well and I was um, uh, in uh, New York for Christmas and they just absolutely – they, they, you know, it, it is like the Home Alone film. Yeah. It's cold and miserable. they got nothing else to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fair cool, fair cool. Spend a bit of time quite close to Christmas in Seattle as well. That's a cold place,
1: Greg. Oh, yeah, and wet. Yes, cold yes. and wet. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who uh, are interested as to why people are so dull in the Pacific Northwest, 70 days of sunshine a year. Mm. Ugh. Yuck. <laughs> oh, uh, very good. So, Brighton <laughs> Our podcast up, mate, and get it back onto the the chain of sports, mate. Um, I came across this fascinating competition, and it has caught my eye definitely. Um, what do you know about jujitsu, mate? Oh, not heaps about jujitsu, but a little bit. Yeah, so um, you definitely probably don't know much about doing jiu-jitsu in the car, No, do you? mate, no, none of that. Now, have a look at this. There is this new competition called Car, Chiu- car Jiu-Jitsu. Car Jiu-Jitsu. So basically, it is legitimate jiu-jitsu fighters getting into a car, seat belt, putting the seatbelt on in the front seat, and then they start a jiu-jitsu match. And have a look at this, mate.
0: And They're off. Tournament is underway. Right
1: away both so three minutes on the clock. The so, so three minute round. He goes straight
0: you know, for the seatbelt. Seat so <laughs> seat <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was, the
1: strap was gonna say
0: and Zach is into
1: the back seat He's escaped out, out of the seatbelt, he's in the back seat. Now he's throat. proceeding to choke, to choke the piss out of the block.
0: Yes, he's in a yeah. bad place. <laughs> he yes, is being choked from behind with a strap the choke from sinking, and also now, Rusty is in a, a neck crank, which isn't going to be effective with that seat back <laughs> in the way. <laughs>
1: so, the seat's now Zach getting in, in the way. The neck, oh, hang on.
0: enough space here for Rusty to get out of the driver's seat. Oh, and they're
1: Rachel's both in, in, the to to now. Now like in the back seat now. Now it looks like a... So, I'm not here. sure which one's Rusty. Look, it looks like a rom-com wrong, wrong at the end there, but ladies and gentlemen, I mean, if we... Thought slap fighting and all these new uh, and wild and wonderful variations of things were, were getting out there. Take a moment and check out card jujitsu. Car well, I,
0: the commentator did quite well then. I don't know how he knew what the hell was going on, but yeah. you know,
1: it's. um. I, I don't think it's going to last the test at all. Look, I don't think I'm too keen on. Jumping in the front seat of a car and then being strangled by my seatbelt. No, I don't yes. think so either. Um, a good, I mean, it's a, is it good promotion for car safety? Wear your seatbelts, click, clack, front and back. Yeah, well, do we, do we take it to the next level? Perhaps it, the
0: real scary thing is when we see an airbag go off. So someone just gives a nice firm kick straight to the um, yeah, straight to the airbag and boom, that's going to be an issue, isn't it? It will.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, look, why no horns? Oh, we had to see some horns in there. Yeah, well, I mean, a bit of horn, bit of bit of extra, extra action, bit a bit of sound effects.
0: Maybe that could be when you're tapping out. Mm, yeah, you got to yeah. hit the horn. You got to hit the horn. Yeah, that's too bad it. if you're in the back seat
1: Yeah, well bad. Like, you know, you're being curt. Just have to be choked out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, look, staying in the fight game, Potty. The second thing that's caught my eye is, um, look, I've just labelled it. Shake your dicks, boys. You'll get paid for it. Yeah. Like the amount of nonsense that has been going on at weigh-ins. Like, and I love building up a fight, but did you catch the Logan Paul, Dylan Dennis fracker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that. There was that one. So, obviously, Logan Paul and Dylan Dennis had their boxing match on the weekend and then they, you know, they, they it kicked off at the weigh-ins like it was always going to. Yeah. But, um, and Dylan's thrown a microphone, and hit Logan in the head. You know, he's got a little cut on there. That could be catastrophic. That could be the end of the fight. Yeah. You know, something as stupid like that. However, that wasn't the worst thing I saw on the weekend. Now, check this out. And this comes from Russia. Where else? Well. Now, these two fighters are just facing off uh, for an upcoming MMA promotion. And look at what happens after this. Oh, Yeah, I saw this. They've just kicked off. Yeah, they have. So they get split up and they get taken to each end of the of the presser.
2: But I don't think that's the end of it, Potty.
1: He oh, that, just... He's back. Oh. He just runs. So for the listeners at home, this fella just runs the length of the stage and dead set double foot Spartan kicks this bloke. Oh. And that uh, brings me to it, mate. Look, honestly, boys... There's a forum to sort out your difference, and you'll get paid handsomely for and it. If you break his eye socket now, you're not going to get paid. You're not getting paid. So hold your horses, lads, and just wait for the fight.
0: Yeah, security obviously weren't expecting it. They were a bit slow getting in, and yeah. it wasn't yeah. really much of a melee really beforehand. It was just like they will come in close together, and then, oh, let's go. It's a straight-up fight. Let's have a go. Oh. Yes, yeah, so maybe. That, maybe. Well, we we spoke about the um new phases, the slap fighting, mm. uh, b- uh, bare knuckle fighting, sort of been getting a bit of press over the last few years as well. Mm. Maybe this is the next one. Press conference fighting. Just well, you know, you don't need an arena. Let's just do it at the mm. presser. Yeah,
1: anywhere, anytime.
0: Oh, well, mate, lovely, absolutely loved it. Yeah. And um, is it um getting that time of the day where we got to get into the footy? Let's get into the footy, mate. The rugby league final was a big
2: Wembley occasion.
0: Oh, get that idiot! Footy time, potty. Never fear, ladies and gentlemen. When your NRL season has been Mate, done and dusted, you all thought it was done, but we've got plenty to talk about here. Plenty to bring up. Plenty to whinge about. But you know, that's why we. Who said who said we we're going to whinge? Oh, who said we we're going to whinge? I'll probably go have a whinge. Well, actually, I don't think there's too much whinging today. Maybe some soaking But anyway,
1: what about um? Uh, we've had to, we've <laughs> l- we've crowned some more champions, Potty. Can you tell us about it? The Wigan Warriors, the Crown Wigan team, Warriors, a Crown great team. team. Oh, the old, the old Wigan, yeah, JJB oh. kit. Oh, the cherries!
0: How good! How good! Now they've taken down uh Catalans in the grand final. Mm. Low scoring affair, mate. Ten points to two. Yeah. So only one try. Only one try in that matchup. Now
1: that was played at Theatre of Dreams at Old Trafford, Old Trafford, in Manchester. Yep. Um, I I saw straight away they started pissing and moaning about how big the field was and you know we can't play there. Players are sliding into the hoardings. Give it up. It doesn't matter. Come on, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Old Trafford is rugby league heartland in Manchester. Yep, and it is probably the the only arena that can cater for something as big as a Super League Grand Final.
0: And there's tradition there, isn't there? Oh uh, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Come on. Let, let's let's n- enough of that. Let, let Old Trafford. Good on you. Yeah. Loved it. So Wigan, uh, th- they got a, uh, a grand final. They're one of the powerhouses there, obviously taking out St Helens mm. last week. And Catlands, unfortunately, they've just come up a bit short again. I think that might be their second grand final in three years and yeah. they haven't quite been able to get there. But Wigan's ended the dominant run of St Helens, which I think was on four on the trot up until just uh, this week. So, yeah, I... Um,
1: well done to Wigan, mm, and and for those interested, that still leaves us with only four teams who have taken out a Super League title. Yep.
0: So we've got now we talk
1: about Super League, so yep. obviously the the reincarnation of um, of top tier rugby league in the UK. So, but four teams have, have only won it in the Super League era.
0: Yeah. So we're talking uh, Wigan, St Helens, uh, Bradford. Yep. And Leeds, Leeds, of course, the Leeds are on us. the prouds Leeds Rhinos. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. There's obviously been some teams, whole KR being close at different mm. stages. Warringtons well, had team, a few. Teams good have years. seen
1: some investment. So Salford were in the grand final last year, got absolutely yeah. pumped, but um, they've had some investment. Catlin has, they've really put together a bit of a project over there in the south of France now. So they've they've been there or thereabouts for the last few seasons. So um, obviously you alluded to the you know obviously the the retirements that will occur in the Catalan mm. squad. Um yeah it'll be interesting to see where that where they head in and what direction they head in moving into the future to to keep that continued success.
0: Yes, well it's gonna need a big signing I'd imagine because mm. um Over the last four years, they've been very competitive. That's off the back of Jimmy Maloney being there for a couple of seasons, followed up by Mitchell Pearce being there. And we're talking world-class halves.
1: Yeah, well, it really started, if we go back to, you know, the first sort of big signings they brought over. I remember back in the day, Clint Greenshields, when he was a big, for them and then obviously clink
0: green played over there for a very long time I yeah yeah
1: and then after that um obviously greg bird that's where he went when he yep. had his off-field dramas here prior to then um yeah coming back for the titans i believe or it was after the titans maybe
0: no i think it was both actually i yeah, think he went he over, over there, there before and,
1: and, and then went back after yep. yeah yeah so um dude, they've had so, they've had some good plays there. and it's a it's a Bloody pretty attractive place to go. Oh. Trent Robinson was the head coach over there prior yeah. to being snapped up by the Roosters. What's so, he done? Yeah. As a 1 3 in a row. Nah. Oh, did somebody say that? <laughs> oh, who said that.
0: Um, brings to an end the illustrious career of Mitchell Pearce and mm. a hell of a career. I think he debuted as an 18 year old back in mm. 2000. And He's
1: played a shit ton of games. And.
0: 7, over 300 for Newcastle and the Roosters and uh, then he's probably played another 50 or 60 over there for Catalans in, in the Super League so yeah. well done Mitchell won a grand final, played in another couple um, yeah hell of a career a lot of games for New South Wales and did end up getting to be a part of that 2000 and. I want to say 19 team, that um where he came in for the last game mm. and, and got his state of origin victory there. And I will say about Mitchell Pearce, I think he was very unfairly blamed for a lot of New South Wales failings back he, in um, those he carried,
1: days. He carried a lot of burden in terms of, in a time when New South Wales didn't really have quality halves. No. And there was a lot of transition. When you think about it, like, you'll people will look back in the history books and they'll look at that Queensland team of Smith, Cronk, first yep. and Slater and the rest of the crew yeah and just go ah oh, but of course
0: yeah and, and what you want to also realize as well when you're talking about that great Queensland team that Mitchell Pierce came up against was Cooper Cronk mm. 25 games or I think he might have played 22 games actually Darren Lockyer 30 um, something. Cameron Smith, forty some, JT, thirty some, Billy, thirty,
1: yeah.
0: yeah, they all, they all never missed. They were yeah. there for three games every single year, year in year out. Mitchell Pearce, I don't know if he played more than three games with yeah. the same house partner.
1: Yeah, and it's pretty hard when you're competing against flogs like that. Well, know? that's
0: right, yeah. you know, it's a couple. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and you know, Greg Inglis, the great New South Welshman. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry, no, no, sorry, this is about Mitchell mm, Pearce. Yes. Did also want to bring up Sam Tompkins, mate, who hung up the boots as well. He played Ooh. over three hundred games in the Super League. Yeah. He played for Wigan, and uh, he he actually finished with uh, Catalans. Yeah. So he didn't finish on the right end of the ledger there, but he um he played um. Also, a couple of seasons for the Auckland Warriors, mate, as well. Yeah. So I just decided I'd just go just back call, to the call Auckland. Them
1: Auckland again. Go back um, to the um, Auckland Warriors. Yeah, he played, and he was signed. He, he was signed a big money for the Warriors, mm. um, you know, which it was a pretty ballsy move, really, when you're signing big money. You're coming over to the NRL. Mm. You can take the easy option and stay in the Super League and and you know compete for Man of Steel every year. Or yeah, he he sort of. Th- you know, had a crack, and I think it was two seasons he was out here. For two him. seasons yeah. out of here,
0: and he he did, he did quite. I thought he did really well. He probably just, you know, a little bit small, and yeah. I guess um, struggled with it. And, but I wonder how he might go now. Yeah. Because back when he came over fourteen, fifteen, that was when the game was at its peak of slow. Yeah. Big forwards where you remember the three middles, how yeah. you would have, you wouldn't have your ball playing a lock like an Azalea or a Cameron Murray. Mm. You would have 315, you'd have a, you'd have a front roller. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So maybe a little bit of um, lack of timing, but well done to him. Three grand finals as well, and yep. uh, 29 caps for England as well. Nothing to be sneezed at. Nah. So well done, Sam Tompkins and uh, Mitchell Pierce. Hell of a career. To play one first grade game is something else. Yep. To play. Um, 300 plus. That's special. Yep. Yeah, so um, that was the Super League, mate. Uh,
1: And a big shout out to London Broncos, back in the big time. Hey, so, up the Broncos. Uh, yeah, the Broncos, they've defeated Toulouse, Toulouse. in the uh, in the championship final. Um, I believe the score, I oh, can't remember. Yep. Anyway, they beat them. Yep. London Broncos, right on Broncos. Let's call it 12-8. Back in the, back in the top <laughs> flight. Yeah, we'll yeah. call it 12-8. Yeah. Uh, Pacific Championship, mate. Yeah, so the... Catching uh,
0: that over the weekend. I did catch a little bit of the um, Pac Championship over the weekend, and, you know, the Aussies versus Samoa was the first game that kicked us off on... 18-14 um, uh, it was, mate, just saying. 18, no, I yeah, remember. I
1: did. I, you know what, I, and I'm going to put a shout-out here. I jumped on Tribe Sport. Yep, now, Tribe. the Tribe Sport app, ladies and gentlemen, like, we're not even... This is no sponsorship or anything, but I've got to throw out a shout out to the Tribe Sport app. My mate got me onto this when I was away on the cruise. We were just talking shit about what apps we use. Mm. And he's got me onto this Tribe Sport. And you can basically put any competition that you want into it. So what do you got on there? So, mate, I've got NRL, Super League, Championship, League One, New South Wales Cup, Queensland Cup, Premier League, Champions League, La Liga, Bundesliga, Serie A, Liga. You could probably have the MLS. darts on there if you wanted. Mate, I've even got AFL.
0: AFL. <laughs> Tucked away at the bottom. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, um, Mo-
1: sorry, Morgs. Yeah, so you basically got everything. So, um, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, if you're looking for a nice organised place mm. to get all your sports results, stats and the like, Tribe Sports, give it a check out.
0: Yep. No, uh, as you said, no sponsorship, but we are open to it. Yeah. Tribe
1: Sports, get in touch. <laughs> touch base. We love you. <laughs> um. Yeah. So the the Kangaroos beat Tasman are thirty eight to twelve, mate. Yep. Um, did you catch that game? Did you?
0: Yeah. So it was an interesting game. Um. Came out and the the ruse came out of the blocks and mm. they just basically went bang 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 and it was I think it was sixteen nil after the, after about eleven minutes or something like that and. You were, or maybe they scored 16 points in about 11 minutes and you want, oh, hang on, here we go, this could be anything. Uh, to um, Samoa's credit, they actually did quite well and um, came came back, I thought, to a certain degree. They had a try... They had an opportunity to score a second try in the first half. Mm. Um, right, There was a dropout right on halftime and basically... The short drop-off for Australia has come up absolute trumps because one of the Samo- a Samoan players has knocked it back and it's landed in whose hands do you not want it to land in? The Hammers. And yeah. he's, he's run the length of the field. Hammer time. Then, uh, j- hammer time. then just after half-time, um, Young, is it Longo for... Um, uh, the young Storm player Yeah, the young yeah. Storm player Scored an absolutely <sighs> cracking solo try Chip and chase Phil Gould, commentating at the time Actually said um, Reminded him of the great Phil Blake mm. With the chip and chase and Bring back
1: the chip and chase Bring back
0: the chip and chase Seriously it just, it just eyes up. What he saw No fullback Thanks very much Yeah Man, Ran past James Tedesco Thank you very much mm. Like he was standing still Unfortunately it was disallowed Yeah So, you know Party poopers <laughs> But you know, Bunker's
1: got a hate on for the chip and chase.
0: Yeah, well, I think so. 38-12, to 12, but, mm. you know, that try not, you know, even if Samoa don't score, but Australia don't, but Hammer doesn't run the length of the field, and that try's rewarded after halftime, it's a lot closer match. They did really well to fight their way back, you know, especially with no recognised halves. Mm. Like, so they had Jajan Asi from Parramatta um, playing at halfback, and he's... 58 slash Center slash fullback and uh, uh Stephen Crichton playing 5-8 yeah. who's you know I don't think anyone would argue his best position is in the outside
1: backs. so Katoni stags kicking for this for the kangaroos yep yeah, yeah. that's a bit unusual I thought he so kicked well yeah yeah, yeah well, so
0: he's back up for the Broncos um just off the top of my head though with obviously with uh, Nathan Cleary being out who 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 was
1: Terry Evans he he kicks
0: I don't think he does for, like, I think he's back up for Manly yeah, as well. Okay. So I, Ben Hunt? Uh, well, you know, I don't think so. Ben Hunt certainly wouldn't want to kick for the
1: game, would he? So. <laughs> no, well, I mean, you don't want him catching the ball for the game. <laughs> I mean, sorry, sorry to any Broncos fans listening. Um, Look, I'm just spitballing here, mate. Um, Benedict Arnold went yeah. over for a try in the 18th minute. What do, what do we think about that, mate? Which one, sorry, mate? Benedict Arnold. Benedict Arnold? Murray Tualaungu. Oh, Murray Tualaungu. <laughs> for any of you history buffs out there, you'll know exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm with you. I was mate. looking. I was looking for the. Um, I was looking for the. Uh, uh, the Dead set. Yeah. Like, um, I know it's a talking point. Do you want to get into it now? Like, we're yeah, yeah, let's about, jump yeah, in, so, mate, we're all over it. So basically, I, I don't. I don't want to go too deep into it, but the whole idea, and I think Mal sort of made comments during the week about it. Obviously, and fair play to Murray Tualaungu if he wants to play for Tala Samoa, mate, go for it. One hundred percent. But there needs something needs to happen in terms of the eligibility rules. I haven't got a problem, and I've always said it. I do not have a problem with players. In You're looking at the landscape of rugby league in Australia, New Zealand, the Pacific, with players who are born, raised, playing for New South Wales or Queensland. You yep. play state of origin, it's fine. If you want to play for Samoa and New South Wales, it's fine. Yep. It's a bit different when we're talking about New Zealand and established great – so sides within Great Britain, whether it be England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales, any of those traditional rugby league homeland, and New Zealand. I can understand – and PNG are also too. You know, they're pretty much your main hubs of rugby league. I can see why there would be a hesitancy in saying – just opening the slather and saying, look, all in. Yep. But I think there is some, got to be some sort of benefit or some sort of adjustment made for the likes of Tonga, Samoa, the Cook Islands, Nui. Like all these other Pacific countries that want to grow and want to compete in allowing Origin players to, to go back and represent their country that they have a connection with like that. Yeah, yeah, so...
0: They've established that over the last few years haven't they with um,
1: but, it, but it's a bit of a, a switch and, and mix it's a bit of a, like a jump around you give yourself I think there's like a two-year buffer like you can't play an international for it might be two or three years before you can change el- eligibility I'm I'm suggesting we go more for the FIFA style yeah where if you've played a top line international, whether it be a friendly level or a competitive level, That's you, where you are, are now stuck there. That's where you go. Yeah. So say, for example, and I think a lot of these players are very hesitant or they're choosing to pick to play for Australia simply because the carrot of origin. Yep. Yeah. And so I think we've got enough talent now and, and, and origin is its own little thing where it is still the fabric of origin isn't going anywhere. No. The, we've got to understand that in 2023 there is a lot of young Pacific Islander players who are born, raised in Australia who l- want to play for Queensland, want to play for New South Wales, but just have their heart in playing for Samoa, Tonga, the Cook Islands, these other other countries. And I don't think we should have a problem with it. No, no.
0: and no. Sorry, I might be off here, but I thought the NRL had sort of made adjustments for that. So, for example, Junior Polo. Um,
1: But they can – yeah, I'm I'm suggesting that we make it so they can't move. Oh, okay, So we don't have an issue now where Mario Tuolangi has already represented the Kangaroos and and now he's going over to to Samoa. I, I, you know, I would be okay if you say, for example, you played for, you know, the Junior Kangaroos and it wasn't a top line – Kangaroo's cap yep. in then being able to yeah, transfer yeah, yeah. over. But I think we need to draw a line where we're not having recognised players getting to the end of their career and going, oh, I'm going to go and play for Tonga. Yeah. Right? I mean, let's not devalue the Tongan jersey.
0: No, I, I, and I agree with you. I don't think they should do that, um, especially given the ground that's um, that's been made over the last, um, I'd say, five or six years now. Mm. It was a big story maybe. Oh, I'd go back five, maybe six years, when J- Jason went. Tamalolo...
1: Tamalolo, yep. the Fafida boys, they yep. all went. And it, it was great. Yeah. But I think now we're... You know, the influence of, of Polynesian Rugby League players, I think we, we need to make a change and we need to make it so it keeps the integrity of international football very very cut and dry. Yep. And I think there's enough talent... For us to be able to look at now drawing the line in the sand and saying your allegiance is your allegiance, and origin we're going to keep that completely separate as long as you have played junior rugby league in Australia before the age of ten or whatever the requirements are, yep. you are eligible to play state of origin.
0: I like it, mate. I like it. <coughs> okay, and uh, the Gillaroo's they beat uh, New Zealand sixteen to twelve over the weekend as well. So well done to the Gillaroo's. Um, I did not catch that game, but. Um, yeah, obviously a very competitive match with the school. I huh? was an
1: absolute ripper, mate. An absolute ripper? Yeah, I didn't catch it either, but no. I'm just, <laughs> we've got to sell it. An absolute bottler. So, um, if it was anything like that NRLW Grand Final, I'm sure it was an absolute rip-snorter. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, ladies and,
0: and, <laughs> sorry. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Um, don't know what that was.
2: Bit of uh, static.
1: Cheers to the Gillaroos.
2: Go the Gillaroos.
1: Rightio, mate. Um,
2: Um, he avoids having
0: surgery when he gets injured. Did you see that story?
1: No, I didn't, mate.
0: He yeah. So, so apparently Isaac Targo has said that when he gets injured, he does basically – he's avoided having surgery so far. Yeah. So um, I don't know where that stands because the story didn't elaborate on that when he gets an injury that, you know, there's no other way to rehab it except for you to have um, a – an ACL reconstruction the ACL is not going to mend itself is it
1: it's probably a conversation that they're having in the medical department where they're going look the surgery is an option yeah but there might be an extended period you'll be out well however if we go through a rehabilitation process we can have you all obviously not at a hundred percent because you'll still be carrying this niggling injury but we can have you back on the field in six weeks six to eight weeks and that appears to be what I would suggest, not reading the article, that's where he's going with it. I, the preference is to rehab his injuries in maximising the time that he spent on the field by, while also, yeah, obviously running the risk of re-injury is not not dealing with the issues. Yeah, yeah. So, mm.
0: you know, re- reading the story, that it kind of seemed like there was stuff that was being left out, if, if that makes sense. And yeah. So, yeah, it it was just an interesting point of view in today's modern-day world of you just sort of seem like surgery, just like what club goes a year without five or six players having um, surgery done? Like it's just...
1: Yeah, and and I could see why a player wouldn't want to have surgery. Yeah, well, that's the other point that it sort of brought
0: up to me. Like people, like I imagine, especially young players just come in and it's like, okay, you need to have this happen and the answer is just, yep, get me back on the field, yep, no worries. But, you know... It's, that's
1: like a, it's like the other day I heard a, a story about a guy who gets skin cancer checks and they check his asshole. No. And I was like, oh, you know, the two questions here. Number one, why would they be checking your asshole, And number two, why do you go every week? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's more than a little bit sketchy. Yes. Yeah, all right, mate. Uh, moving on. So the five minutes in bin, mate. It's back in the talking points. Back in the reckon? talking po-
0: points. Oh
1: look, so
0: it sort of depends on what you're going to go with, what model you're going to go with. I don't
1: mind it. I, I you know.
0: So I love the five minutes in bin. If you're going to be sin binning five, six, seven players around, so mm. sin bins are going to be happening regularly. Teams sometimes losing two. Parramatta lost. Um, two players to the same yeah. bin at one point this year
1: So if they're going for that blitzkrieg That they did with yep. the high shots yeah,
0: Yep So five minutes in the bin Got no problem with that That That's fine And if that's what it's going to be It's going to be No you've clipped him high Five minutes I think is enough Because they found it very hard to be I
1: know what you're saying here buddy. Yep. You're saying it But you're not even saying it Yep. We're going for the power play
0: Going for the power play.
1: NHL power play, five minutes in the bin. If a team scores a try, you're back on the field. Yeah, I love it. The power play. I love it. That's that's a fantastic one. Now, the article I
0: read also said that they were considering if a player gets sin binned, um, they would... um, that could result in the player being replaced while they're in the sin bin. And I was like, no, no I don't I agree don't, with that. No. What is the What's point the, of it yeah, at all? Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for the free interchange.
1: Go, go and take old mate's head off so we yeah. can get a free interchange. Yeah,
0: that just is absolutely yeah. – yeah, so yeah. I, I had to double take that and read it a couple of times because I thought I was reading it wrong. That doesn't make sense. I'm all good with a five-minute um, sin bin unless they're going to – like we went through stages this year where they were like, you know – and last year, where yep. they were sin-bidding people, left, right, and center, and then you went oh, weeks okay. and weeks and weeks. So,
1: let's go. Let's start the movement, listeners. Let's the power play. Get Do on you it. like it. Let us know if you like it first, and if you like it, start just tweeting the piss out of the NRL about the power play. We love it. Yes. Power play.
0: Uh, Jerome Lewis, uh Is he going to go? Where will he end up? Now, I save this mate. question for you, mate. Being the Penrith yeah. man.
1: Um. I- I, I, get a, I get the feeling that he will stay. Um, obviously, yeah, I, I don't know what sort of offers are around for Jerome Luai. I think there should be plentiful, you know, because he's obviously a, a talented half and there's not many of those around. But I just don't know whether the money on offer elsewhere is and the whole package is really going to suit Jerome Luai away from Penrith. That's what I hope as a fan. Yeah, so you know what I
0: mean. I, I don't think he'll. Um, I don't think will go. Um, people will have their criticisms of Jerome Luai. I thought
1: you were going to say greatness. Oh, greatness!
0: But there's one thing I don't think too many people would argue. He's Penrith through and through. Yeah, he's from the area. He lives in the area. He.
1: But yeah, and that and that's the thing. Like the uh, Spencer Lenu. Stephen Crichton, they're all the same. Like they're cut from the same cloth. Yeah. You know, they've had to move on because that's the nature of the beast. That's the nature of professional sports. And I think nowadays players are getting that more. Yeah. You know, and managers are are drilling this into into players at an early stage that be prepared to move, you know, especially if you taste success.
0: Yeah. So I um I get the feeling he won't go. But I was wondering where he might end up if he did go. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Mm. No, you haven't really had a chance to think about it. Tell me where he ends up if he leaves.
1: Oh, I don't know, mate. I, I, Canberra Raiders. Canberra Raiders. Halfback. They're probably the only. Well, like you could play him at six with, yep. a, with a Fogarty. Um, obviously losing Jack Whiten. They've got money there. Mm. Um, I can't think of anywhere else. Maybe a Newcastle. But Newcastle have got halves. They've just got Cogger. They've got... a you know Hastings, and they've got um, Gamble.
0: So, so the Bulldogs is obviously one people are going to jump out.
1: Yeah, but I don't think the Bulldogs have got the capability of signing, unless I mean Josh Adokar gets in more trouble. Well,
0: yes, uh, that, you know that
1: okay. that would be the only thing that I could see there. I yeah, I don't know. I don't, especially at this time of the year. Obviously, he's got another season with Penrith. So yep. we're talking, you know. 18 months' time. Uh, Yeah, I
0: don't know. I'll throw um, a strange one out there for you. So we're talking the beginning of 2025. South Sydney. Cody Walker retires. Mm. He goes over there, 5'8". South Sydney.
1: Yeah. And Jack Whiten would probably be medically retired as well after a terrible season. So (laughs) they'd have $2 to spend.
0: Adam Reynolds leaving the Broncos. Maybe he does something real left field. Heads up to the Broncos.
1: Well. mm. So
0: two teams losing two key players bring him in. Or the Roosters get him and don't lose anyone. Yeah,
1: that sounds right. Yes, yes. Um, Look, I I think he'll re-sign. Um, Obviously, I've I've got no knowledge of of where that's at. But, um, yeah, I think, as I mentioned before, in terms of the package of Jerome Luai, I think the package of him staying at Penrith is, is probably... What will get it over the line if it does.
0: I think he could be right, mate. I think he could be right, and the 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 chance of winning more and more premierships just for fun. Mm. <coughs> right
1: All right, right yeah, mate. What else have we got?
0: Uh, New South Wales Blues look like they found their man it's now. Happening. I say look like because I don't. It's not horse. No, it's not Hoss. I don't think I've seen it officially announced, but they reckon. Michael Maguire, Madge. Yeah. He's the man. We
1: talked about Madge pushing Ricky up the uh, up the highway towards the Blues, John. Yeah, but uh, it turns out that Madge's got apparently he's uh, let he's his th- tires down and <laughs> he's jumped. <laughs> he's, he's got the gig. Um, look, I, I I like it. Yeah, it's um, I, he's a premiership winning coach. Yep. I mean, you know, he he obviously had a terrible time at the Tigers there, but who wouldn't? <laughs> um, you know, he, I think. From what I've heard about Michael Maguire is the intensity in which he coached that 2014 rabbito side was something the club had never seen before. Yeah. And it was perfect timing. He was in the right place with the right set of players. Didn't really
0: have to do much with the squad.
1: No, but and he basically had to get them right. Yeah, and he did. And he did. He did the job. And is that an example of what he could potentially do for the New South Wales Blues? Is you've got Michael Maguire who he... And he seems like a, a very motivational style sort of coach. Yep.
0: Um, yeah, well, he comes in with that intense play and, look, guys, we're not asking you to do it for a season or a preseason. season we, we just need you to do it for yeah. 10 days up until the game.
1: Yeah, so, I, you know, I'm, I'm very, very optimistic as a, as a Blues fan that it could be a, a good option for us because, quite frankly, what other option have we got?
0: Yeah, so I, I like it as well um, for similar but little... Like, I guess, I another reason. Um, the knocks on him will be, number one, he, he's not a blue. So you look at Queensland, you look at New South Wales, you've got to go back a few coaches before you see somebody who wasn't a great. Mm. So Wayne Bennett did coach Queensland in 2020, um, and um, but he was a, a great coach for Queensland in, in the 90s and he also played for Queensland back in the day. So you've got to go back a fairly long time To find a player who hasn't, um, to find a coach who hasn't played for New South Wales and been considered a a great player, Um, I Um, don't think that that matters.
1: Yeah, I agree. I don't think it matters. It's it's a good observation, but.
0: Obviously, uh, no coach has ever who's failed at the Tigers has ever gone on to do anything. They, um, you know, leave the Tigers and oh, Nathan no, uh, Cleary. Sorry, Cleary did pretty well. <laughs> he's, yeah. a, he's done all right. Yeah. Yeah, so know, so Tigers I'll, fans I'll, have just driven off the road. I'll just, I'll just scratch that one. <laughs> sorry about that. Um, but the real reason I think he's going to be good is I. The reason I think we lost game one and game two this year and the reason why I think we struggled losing four of the last five first games of the year under Freddie is because Freddie has been beaten tactically. Mm. Billy has out-coached Freddie over the last couple of years. Um, And my example of that when I talk about it is the fact that Queensland were really, really aggressive at getting off their line, sprinted up and in, Mm. and... They would just take time away from Nathan Cleary, um, Isaiah Yeo, not let them play the game that they wanted. Um, never once did I see a kick in behind the line to a sprinting mm. Addo Car yeah. or a high bomb to Tupu, who was on the wing last year. W- why else would you have him there? Like he's just yeah.
1: he's so look. look Madge's been in the box recently, <laughs> obviously uh, playing sidekick to Ricky. So you know, I I don't think they had, you know, I think that plays in his favour. Yep. I'll, I'll put it out there. I, I think that that'll work in his favour. He's, you know, obviously going to be, you know, at the forefront tactically. And uh, yeah, I haven't got an issue with it at all.
0: No, oh, I love it. Uh, a couple of other quick points um, I'll bring up, mate. So uh, Bevan French Bevan. took out the Man oh, of Steel. Bevan. Well done, Bevy. Par- Parramatta legend. Par- Parramatta legend, a try scoring machine. He's been over at Wigan for a number mm. of years now, and he's picked up the Man of Steel. So great job over there. That. For listeners out there who're not familiar with the Super League is the Dalian
1: equivalent yeah. over there. But um actually good players get it. Yeah. actually good players win it. Yeah. So right. unlike, unlike the Dalian here where <laughs> yeah, you know, just the most popular bloke in the eyes of the journey gets it. Yeah.
0: Well, oh, and you know, we've already talked about this. We have and we won't go into it just and I definitely won't get you on a Craig Gower. Again. Yes, get Craig <laughs> Craig Gower needs his 2000. Get him medal. his M. All right mate. Um we all know the NRL's going over to Vegas to begin mm. next year and the Broncos are going over there. And there's rumours that the NRL's trying to get none other than Tom Brady involved. Wow. To play. Yeah, to play. Yeah, to this play. is outstanding. And uh, he's going to play a role, hopefully, in, um, you know, drumming up a bit of support for the game over there, getting American faces mm. interested. Um,
1: bit I've like um, Scottie Pippen. Yes. The NRL Grand Final, because that's what he was doing, wasn't he? He was talking about the NRL Grand Final. That's right. Now, uh, he was. He was, Scotty.
0: <laughs> now, I was actually a little confused by this story, mate, though, because they said Tom Brady was going to potentially become involved mm. in the NRL. I assume with Reese's Walsh's pass in the preliminary finals against the Warriors, he was already involved. I just assumed that... going to run the offence. I just assumed he was running the offence for the Broncos because, you know... Mm. Oh, anyway, sorry Broncos fans, still a bit sensitive.
1: Rightio, mate, Alex Twal has got a new deal at the Tigers, and (sighs) potentially on top of that, there's whispers around that Justin Olam could be going to the Tigers.
0: Yeah, I heard that. So that'd be a good move for them. Look, um, apparently it's a potential... Trade with Sean Bloor mm. So I like Sean Bloor So yeah, I don't know I'd be Bennett too Jr. Yeah I don't know If I'd be too keen To lose him But I guess Benji's Got to put his stamp On the team mm. Alex Twell I found very interesting Because apparently They were trying to Offload him Two weeks ago And everyone was balking at the um, $500 You know you got to pay $500 of his contract Over the next two years And they said Oh we're not going to do that and So West Tiger mm. Signed him for another two years
1: Yeah I mean Makes sense
0: Yeah makes sense So um, you know Let's not go down the road Of trying to figure that out Morgan Harper, mate, signed with the Eels today. That was made official. So the centre outside back for uh, Manly has a come over, of over to Parramatta. Yep. So, look, he for me, I won't go into that too much. I'll analyse Parramatta a, a bit later on. But um, he's depth for mm. me.
1: Um, Justin Olam, I did mention that one quickly. Um, do you think, like, he's a pretty handy signing Oh, he'd be a great signing for them. If you're not paying big money for Justin that's I think he's pretty handy to put in a back line. Yeah, 100%. Sweet.
0: 100%. He's a a very – they've got a lot of – Stafford Toa, Junior Tupu – They've got some really, good really young good backs. young backs. They need someone who just come in there, and yeah. Oh, okay, great. You can step around all that. Oh, phantom. I'm just going to run over I'll him. Run. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll run straight. And I'll out bring
1: of. some good old fashioned Melbourne professionalism with me. Yeah, which would be nice, uh, mate. The final little thing we need to cover. Um, there's been a call during the week for uh, Ron Coot to be the next immortal, mate. What yep. do you think about that?
0: Uh, never got to see him play Too young oh, But um,
1: I thought you were uh, One of his biggest fans Mate yeah, the, the, the Ronnie Cook. <laughs> the Ronnie Cook. <laughs> now this is where I was going with it Because oh, I, I thought mean thought you might have the been The first mate. thing I would say is that I, d- I know I have not seen Any highlights of Ron Coote. I've heard obviously All about him You know Ron Coot An absolute legend um, So good as so he, They named making love After him They did um, However, I do bring this up purely because I don't mind the idea of, yes, Andrew Johns was the last Immortal inducted. I don't mind even going back again. You know, I think there's this trap that we fall into where we think, oh, because Joey's got it, the next one's got to be, you know, Smith, Slater, Thirst and one of those. No, no, no. If Ron deserves to be an immortal. You make Ron Cooter an immortal. I'm not I'm not fit enough to judge on that. But do you sort of get where I'm going with it? Like, I think there's this trap that we fall in and go, oh, well, that ship sailed now. We can't put a Meninga in. We can't put a, a Coot, you know, because Joey was the last one to get it.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think so. And I thought – I hoped the NRL had sorted this out because maybe five or six years ago they added about six players into it. They added Mel Meninga. Mm. They added um, – Somebody, oh, um, escaping me. <laughs> this is terrible. I should remember who it was. Um, and they added three from history. Yeah, I should remember who it was because he's a bloke who holds a trophy.
1: <laughs> oh, the bloody, um, Norm, Norm Proven, Proven. Norm Proven yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So they, uh, Norm Proven got added, and then they added three guys from history D- Dally Messenger, yeah, and uh, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera and i thought they'd set in pretty clear criteria you had to be in the nrl hall of fame and then you had to be retired 5 years and then you could be considered to come yeah. in but i agree with you mate if if you and i think the criteria is you can be nominated to be on the an immortal 3 times and go through three ballots mm. but if you miss out all three times then you can't become an immortal anymore. Yeah, but who makes that rule anyway? The <laughs> so, same person will get rid of it. So, yeah. you know, I um, I agree. Um, they need to keep a certain amount of prestige about it. But the very fact that we know Ron Coot, mm. who played ten years before, finished playing up ten years before we were born, and people still talk about how good he was, suggests that he's probably right up
1: there. Yeah. And for all you gentlemen who are listening, uh, when you go into the house tonight, are you... Walk in from work, just tell your wife, you heard of Ronnie Coote? <laughs> if she says no, just say, well, you'll hear later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, And then go and sleep outside. <laughs> uh, right, rightio, mate, good stream on of you the week. Good on you, Ronnie Coote. We better keep moving, mate. We to keep the trainer chugging. Uh, stream of the week, mate. We went old school for the stream of the week. We went old school. Where did we go? Old school. Oh, old school. <laughs> old school. So we had a bit of a chat with. We well, oh, you know what? Let's go. Hell, let's go back to the uh, the the classic, the Will Ferrell, Luke Wilson, Vince Vaughn classic. Old school, mate. Otherwise known oh. as the frat pack. we along yeah. with Ben Stiller, they had Ben some, Co. They had some Jack Wax. Um, mate, there were some absolute crackers in that. I mean, just the lines. You've so got we, lines for days in that movie. That's but.
0: right. And when you think about um, movies that have stood the test of time, you think about ones that people still quote. Yeah. And you have you might not even know them that well. You might be just at the pub with a few people that you've never really met before, as you do, yeah. and all of a sudden someone will say a line from the, the we're film. We're going and, streaking. And they expect, you know, everyone knows the line is, we're going streaking, yeah. comes from old school.
1: You're my boy, Blue. You're my boy, Blue. Yes. When Blue, the uh, the old degenerate, uh, drops dead after uh, being, let's say, offered into oh. a KY jelly match with two young women. Knock on the door uh, at
0: Luke uh, Wilson's house while he's having a um, <laughs> oh, a very yes. awkward conversation with his wife, <laughs> who he's just found in bed with someone else. Hi. We're here for the gangbang.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh. Yep. Um. Look, Will Ferrell plays an unreal role in oh, that. Oh, he does. And that's, um, you know, I think that's where, for me, Will Ferrell just absolutely skyrocketed in terms of his popularity. Um, Obviously, Anchorman came after this, and he he just, I mean, he couldn't miss.
0: Yeah, So, and and he sort of played some supporting roles. Like, he was very good in Zoolander, um, but that was obviously Ben Stiller, Owen Wilson, Mm. running that show. But he really came to the fore as the lead guy in this one, didn't he?
1: The scene when he is in the marriage council <laughs> <laughs> and saying, are we not in the trust tree? <laughs> when he's just, you nope, know, nope, talked about his <laughs> deviant thoughts of oh. the the lady uh, waitress at the restaurant yeah. and what type of underwear she's wearing. <laughs> and,
0: his, and his wife is just absolutely, <laughs> oh. <laughs> and the therapist, oh, uh, now, absolutely unbelievable. His
1: wife, I believe, is, play, uh, is it Perry Reeves? Yeah. Perry Reeves plays his wife in that one. So for Andre fans, obviously Dean Pritchard is Ari Gold. Yeah. 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 So Jeremy Piven plays uh, Dean Pritchard and Perry Reeves. Underrated performance. Yeah, Ari's wife in Entourage plays Will Ferrell's wife in it. So yeah, some absolute familiar faces. It's it's it's, it's so good.
0: Yeah. So uh, essentially uh, Luke Wilson um, splits up with his wife. Uh, uh, Partner?
1: Yeah, just partner, partner at the time, yeah. And uh
0: moves out of their house and has to find a place to live and ends up living on college. Yes. Like at a college at a college house, basically. No, not at a college house, on campus, in yeah. in a residence there, and ends up somehow staying there. And the boys decide this is the best thing in the world. It's a party house. So they turn they turn it into a fraternity.
1: Yes. Well, so. they were gonna get kicked out by Dean Pritchard because yeah. they used to pick on him at school. Yeah, that's right. So and then obviously uh, yeah, they turn it into a fraternity. Circumnavigate the uh, bylaws yep. in the uh, in the residencies at, on campus. But um, Snoop Dog plays a nice little role. Yeah, as Snoop, himself. Snoop Dogg, Snoop a loop. But um, look for the fans too, and just to see how funny of a human Will Ferrell is. Is you guys, if you're on the ball with the social media, you possibly would have seen images of Will Ferrell playing at his son's frat party he was actually DJing his son's frat party at the University of Southern California have you seen this one yeah party? Yeah, yeah. yeah so obviously as a player here he's playing a DJ set he's on the decks <laughs> oh, oh it is an absolute ripper so if you've seen that one that's that's a pisser that so- one
0: And if you haven't seen Old School, get on it. Look, this may seem like I am going over the top. A bit of hyperbole, but I'm going to give it to you, Grego. Nine and a half out of ten, mate. Nine and a half out of ten. I just absolutely love that one. An absolute cracker. Never give a ten. No. No.
1: Integrity, Uh, mate. Integrity, mate. (laughs) Let's move on. We need to keep this going. Integrity. This is... Righty-o, the integrity issue of the week, mate. We're going to stick with the the topic of the NRL. I know we've we've done a fair bit of footy. Fancy that for off season, eh? We just love our, our footy. Who would have Some Billy Idol. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, look, mate, I wanted to just discuss a little thing that, that popped up during the week, mate. NRL players and the sweet science, mate. So obviously we've, we've spoken of our, our joy in relation to NRL players participating in boxing and, and the benefits of that, you know, and having something to focus on in the off-season. So, however, there has been some uh, news coming out this week in terms of the concerns raised around NRL players and repeated head knocks mm. and then them going and participating in boxing. And I thought I'd just throw it out there for not only you but for the listeners as well. To, what are our thoughts on that, you know? Like in terms of is it just over the top? Like obviously the RLPA and they, they have the certain guidelines in which they can't be in, you know, non-contact periods or, you know, they need their, their adequate break. But for them to then step in and say, look, you can't do this, you can't do that you know around that and what players do in their private lives I'm very very uneasy with that oh, yeah
0: they are contracted though by NRL clubs yeah I... so and in in, a, in an age where you know somebody cops a, a hit on yeah. A bump on the chin and has to go up and potentially miss a week's worth of football, and then you say, "Oh, well, that's a bit of a risk." But let's go into the boxing ring where I'm going to cop twelve of those in the next twenty five minutes. That's um, that is a little bit of a concern. Um, yeah. So I can I can certainly see it from the club's point of view. Why yeah. they would be hesitant? Well, they're, it.
1: they're an asset for the club as well. I do
0: understand that. That being said, there are some. Fairly um, big positives to it as well from a, a fitness point of view, like Junior Polo and Re- Regan Campbell-Gillard, the two front rowers for Parramatta, have spent their off-season getting extremely fit to get to, to have a fight. So there will be some benefits from that point of view for them.
1: Yeah. And and look, the, for me, the, the point that I have on it is, look, I've and I've voiced that opinion as well in, in agreeing with you there, mate, is I think, obviously, have players having something to focus on in that period of time, for me as a club, I'm like, absolutely, go yeah. and do it, you know? I mean, how good's that? Like you, Because, you know, the closest thing you get to that is players spend the off-season looking at themselves in the mirror. Yeah. But unfortunately for some, they're looking at themselves in the mirror... With a bloody bag under their nose, <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, if you you you're obviously saying to these guys by giving them the opportunity to box is go and go and be productive, go back to your communities, go and set an example, as opposed to going. Look, we're going to tell you you cannot do anything because we don't want you to knock your head around. But then, what are you going to do, mate? Like, and and it's you know such an issue just with players with boredom and and not having somewhere to you know place their energy during those downtimes
0: that's that's a really fair point as well and I'm sure as I said Parramatta was stoked that their two front rowers were doing that in mm. their in their off season coming back um, I'd imagine in fairly good shape yeah um, yeah it's not um it's a real tricky one, I guess. With clubs as well, they might find it easier to sign players or re-sign players, saying, "Oh, you know, we can't quite match that up, but we'll let you have a punch on in yeah. the um, in the off season as well." Because I think they can make some pretty reasonable coin out of it as well.
1: Yeah, so I mean, if they if they're paid handsomely for it and they they get the green light from the from the football club. I mean, I'm falling for it. I just think, yeah, look, I think the the integrity issue that has to be discussed here is where is the line of clubs stepping into the private lives of players in terms of what they do? You know, are you going to talk, are you going to stop a player from going water skiing on the weekend?
0: Yeah, that's it. You know, I don't think they are allowed to go skiing throughout the season.
1: Look, we're talking about the off season, though. Are you going to stop them within the off season? No players going boxing during. Season, no, you know that's just not happening. Players aren't signing up for fights. It's generally around their off season. Yeah, but you know there are other activities. And I mean, you know the greatest Formula One driver that we've ever had has been off our screens. We haven't seen him for over a decade now because he hit his head skiing. Yep. You know what I mean? Like it's things can happen. They can. And and I think you know by telling players they can't do the negatives of that in terms of the potential repercussions in the behaviour of the players, the feeling of isolation uh, and lack of purpose that could be provided through that time of an off-season or that downtime, you know, I think the the negatives of that outweigh the negatives of going in, keeping fit and probably copping a couple of around the head.
0: Mate, I agree. Mm. I agree. I think, um, I think it's well worth the, the discussion. Obviously, with the class action uh, lawsuits that have and been they, coming in play yeah. and... You know, that's where it gets ugly. Too. That, that's where it, that's where it gets ugly. But it is, as far as the integrity issue, something I guess you have to consider. I mean, if somebody's had twelve fights um, and they're, you know, they're, they're part of a class action which is coming against the NRL in future years, that you know is going to obviously throw a little bit of a different spin on that. But mm. yeah.
1: Anyway, um, let us know what you think. Let, let us, us know us. what you think. I don't if have. You think a, we're off the mark? Let us know.
0: I don't have a problem with the, the the boxing. I don't have a problem with doing, it. and as you said, I quite I, I quite like it from my mm. team's perspective.
1: Righty, mate. Will we solve that issue every week? Uh, bring us the integrity. All sports, mate. <laughs> Rightio, mate. Speaking of the fight game, that's where we're going to start in all sports this week, mate. There was so much action yep. on the weekend, uh, but we're going to power through. Um, look, the first one I just wanted to quickly touch with you and the listeners was um, USADA and the UFC parting ways. Mm. Now, uh, I'm not too sure if you're you're over this sort of topic, but um, USADA was contracted by the UFC for, for close to a decade now. I think it may be even... 10, 11 years, yep. um, to provide anti-doping for the UFC athletes. Um, were you aware of that? Um, no. Yeah, yeah. So they, they obviously contracted them. The reason being would be the fact that it was the absolute Wild West prior to that in mixed martial arts. Yep. And they came in, cleaned it up. Um, there was a lot of exemptions because it was done... Um, anti-doping was done on a commission-by-commission um, commission basis. So if you're fighting in Nevada, you're you know running different rules to New York and you're running different rules around and there's different variations to those rules. So USADA came in and they basically went, this is what we're working under, commissions. You can still take your tests, but it's not going to matter because we've got better stuff and we're doing it the right way anyway. But yep. um, you need to still do what you need to do. Um, the UFC sold... I believe, on the back of that. Yep. You know, so basically when you're going down, you're putting the the sport in the real estate window and you're saying we've got this wonderful anti-doping thing known as USADA, um, it makes it a bit more, you know, palatable for those buying uh, your sport. Um, However, there's been a big falling out around the Conor McGregor saga and it's basically come the contracts up and UFC said, look, we're moving on. Now, one of the things that gets mixed up in a bit, so Jeff Nowitzki, you know Jeff Nowitzki, obviously of Lance Armstrong and Bulko fame. Yep. Jeff Nowitzki is employed by the UFC. So what often gets mixed up in the, the thought process around this is that Jeff Nowitzki is working for USADA because he's inherently in, interrelated with that US government, you know, anti-doping investigative sort of realm that he was in his previous job. But he's actually employed by the UFC as the Senior Vice President of Health and Performance. So Jeff Nowitzki goes with the UFC. Yep. So if there's any concern around that, I would say, well, hey, Jeff Nowitzki's coming. So wherever they go now, I'm sure it will be of the standard, if not better, than USADA. And, you know, I think, yeah, it's not a big issue. Like it may be portrayed in the media. Um, you know a bit of a beat up. Yeah, and I think so. If it means we're going back to the good old saucy days, that might be a bit of a stretch. Yeah. But uh yeah, interesting stuff anyway around anti doping and and for any of those traditional MA fans, you'd know old Juicy tour back in the day who was kicking people's heads off. yeah uh, we can't go back there. Um Fight night, Yusuf versus Barbosa. Um, a win for the veteran Ed, Edson Barbosa over the weekend. So he's got uh, two on the bounce now. It was another Apex card. So obviously, we're setting up for the heavy hitters next week. Um, but there was a couple of nice little uh, knockouts. Uh, Michelle Pereira, he got a, a knockout on his middleweight debut. Um, and Jonathan Martinez. Now, if you see this, if you want to jump on the KO Sports and have a look at the replay, it was brutal. He picked up a KO victory in round two, just to a complete tenderization of the legs. Oh. So the you know obviously his Yanez his opponent just. Couldn't stand it anymore. So it's just yeah, whack legs, whack whack. Yeah, just leg kicks. It was brutal. So if you want to check that out, it's uh, yeah, it's pretty gruesome. I'll watch that one. So he just um, just went just down. Just wasn't wasn't checking them early, but I mean, Martin has is just very very vicious with his leg kicks, and if you get them right, I mean they can, they can shut off your legs pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the big fight coming up this week. Now there's been absolute an array of movement on this card. So essentially it was meant to be Islam Markachev versus Charles Oliveira, number two. So it was the rematch between those two. Charles Oliveira has cut his eyes severely in his final sparring session in Brazil before flying out to Abu Dhabi. Oh, wow. So there's no way he could make the fight. But lo and behold, when you need to fill in a spot and you need somebody who's just going to go, you know what, fuck it, i I'm, I'm in. Fight anyone who do you call? You call an Aussie <laughs> the Alexander the Great Volkanovsky. Uh, he has stepped in and he's going to challenge for the lightweight title again. Um, look, I mean, you got to take your hats off to Volk, he's he, he doesn't fuck around like it's wow. So that is good. a
0: short, short run, though, isn't it? Yeah, 12 days.
1: Wow, 12 days' notice.
0: So, obviously, he's he's is he preparing? Like he's not on the he wasn't. He, wor- he worked his ass off. Yeah, he, he, so just he he's ready. So he yeah. just trains just in case. Absolutely. Yeah, wow. yeah he's he's busy. Built um,
1: He w- he would have obviously been preparing. He's... I believe he may. I don't know if it was announced, but there, he was obviously in the frame to fight to Tupuria in at featherweight. But the fact that he's probably moving, he's ready. He's done the camp before for Makajev, so he's he's got a game plan. Um, he'll hope to execute it better. Weight's your main issue And if he's fighting A division up I reckon he'd probably Keep his His weight would be In the frame anyway So I don't think It would be an issue Yeah So um Yeah I mean it's, I mean Hats off mm. it's, it's awesome But um The second fight, too, that's had a change as well because uh, Paulo Costa has obviously succumbed to, I believe he had a staph infection in his elbow and had surgery on it. It didn't quite recover in time. So now um, Hamzat Shumayev is going to fight Kamaru Usman, former welterweight champion. Now, for Kamaru, I think this is perfect. Because Shamayev has got this whirlwind of sort of intrigue around the fan base, and people are so interested in watching comes that fight. That Usman coming up from welterweight to middleweight just goes. You know what? I lost my title in my last fight. In my last two two fights ago, I lost the rematch. I'm a bit stale on where I go now because I'm no longer the welterweight champion. You know, if I just go up to middleweight and go fuck it, you know? I'll take this fight on short notice and if I beat this guy who's just got this whirlwind of you know, fanfare around him, I'm back I'm immediately back in the title picture. I'm immediately back on the on the the tip of everyone's tongue. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a it's a pretty interesting move from Musman. I love it. Um and you know, I'll be interested in seeing that two very very good wrestlers. Yeah. So, but you know, I would give Usman, the, the pinch in the striking, and I. Shemaev is known for his wrestling, and he comes in with just that whirlwind of, of grappling ability. But I'm very, very reluctant to underestimate where Usman is at in terms of his wrestling. Ten years ago, Usman was the ducks nuts. But yep. He is old. He is his ten knees, years is a long time. Yeah, I imagine in the fight game. His knees are worn down, so I don't know whether grappling wise he will be at the pace that Shamayev is at.
0: Geez, whoever the poor bugger who's done the signage for this card is just oh, straight. <laughs> yeah. It's just Photoshop galore. Oh.
1: Now, um, at the end of the day, I've I've been giving names to UFC cards, and I'm going to call this one UFC. Russian heavy, Russian <laughs> because <laughs> as you can imagine, Russians can't get a visa anywhere these days, but they can get one in Abu Dhabi. So basically they've just filled the card with uh, Russian fighters. So Magomed Ankalev is fighting Johnny Walker, um, Alyssa Kerov and Wiley Alves, a veteran there, and uh, Saeed Nurmagomedov is fighting Muin Gufarov. Um and one to look out for for the fans, if you're looking for a tasty one just on the prelims, you don't have to buy the, uh, the main card for this one. Tim Elliott versus Muhammad Mokaev. Now, Mokaev is from Manchester, and he's an absolute weapon of a grappler. Um, Tim Elliott's as game as any of them, a veteran, and, you know, uh, has fought for the title previously, coming out of the Ultimate Fighter. However, this will be an interesting fight. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm very. It's a step up for Mokaiev, and it'll be interesting to see where he is in terms of his journey. Well, mate, busy, busy times. Mm. Busy times. A uh, little final talking point, mate. Israel Adesanya's come out. He's he's going to take a bit of a break, mate. Which sort of seems like he, that, might, that might be a good thing for him. Needs a bit of a freshen up. I think so. He's mm. been very, very busy and he said, look, just out there, and it's a complete paraphrase from Instagram, it was like, you know, I'm taking some time off, you know. I'm not retired but don't accept, expect to see me anytime soon. So, yeah, yeah I think a bit of, bit of time away.
0: Get to see whether you still got it. You still got that want, I'd imagine. Yeah, you, I think so. Yeah,
1: mate, misfits boxing. Did you oh, hear about that? Yeah. What happened, mate? Tell me.
0: So, um, Tommy Fury defeated KS, uh, KSI by decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you caught that one, mate.
1: Uh, I saw the highlights of the Fury KSI fight. I did watch the Logan Paul Dylan Dennis fight. Though. Yeah,
0: so I watched most of the Logan Paul Dylan Dennis fight. Fight. Mm. Um, yeah.
1: oh, <laughs> oh yes <laughs> Yes I like you Well yeah. played there
0: Yeah um, But yeah I didn't catch the Tommy Fury versus KSI so uh, But Tommy um, Tommy uh, won via decision so. so it was a
1: split decision Yep um, I I think You know from what I saw of the fight Tommy Fury's His fundamentals are, You know Were more superior than KSI Where I think that's obviously got him the nod on two cards However KSI's unorthodox nature in the way he entered the fight gave Tommy Fury problems. Mm. And for anybody who has fought someone or been across from someone who moves in an unorthodox manner, it is very hard to, you know, just get your eye in, Mm. you know, and, and... and. KSI was pretty quick as well, so he landed a couple of good punches early, just, you know, in combinations early by being able to move in fast and being, you know, that switch of the stance hands down by the side. So, yeah, he started off really well, but I think in the end Tommy Fury just was a a bit more technical. There was a lot of grappling. It was, yeah, it was pretty rough watch. Um, But, yeah, I, I can see where Tommy's got the decision on that.
0: Yeah. Okay. There you go. And um, Logan Paul, not Jake. Logan Paul, yeah, um, uh, stepping in against um, Dylan Dennis. Uh, decision. Well, that was a weird one, mate. mate that was
1: it's a, a, it's an interesting one. This one. Now, if we talk purely about the fight, it was easily the most anticipated. There was so much shit talk, mate. There was. Trolling court battles, like suing Dylan Dallas. Yep. You know, for obviously his, his online crusade against his fiancee. Um, and obviously the Wayne shenanigans that we talked about before. But, you know, the way I saw it was it was Dylan Dallas put together a technical Homer Simpson performance. So for anybody, any of our old Simpsons fans, where Dylan Dennis just walked in there and put his guard up and took every single punch that Logan threw at him. Now, he did not throw a punch for the first two rounds, I believe, or yeah, something. Yeah, I'm not too certain of that being the state. It probably sounds about right. Um, it looked that way.
0: I'm pretty sure it was halfway through the f- uh, second okay. round and he hadn't thrown a punch.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you know, yeah, it's when you look at the fight, couple of takedown um, attempts towards the end? Yeah, and it was a bit of a shit show. It obviously was. Logan Paul looked better. Logan Paul was the better boxer. Logan Paul won that fight, clearly. But Dylan Dennis, and I, I think Ariel Hawani said it in the commentary where he went, Dylan Dennis lives in the internet world. He is never going to put himself in a position to be made fun of on the internet. And I think a lot of people buying that fight and watching that fight, hoping to see Dylan get iced, don't realise the skills and ability of someone like Dylan Dennis. Dylan Dennis at brown belt, so obviously a step below black belt, was one of the most phenomenal young jiu-jitsu practitioners in the world. Mm. So he is no joke when it comes to jiu-jitsu. What is jiu-jitsu? Jiu-jitsu is essentially... A chess match You've You've got to be smart You've got to be technical You've got to know How to not get trapped So to think that Dylan couldn't come Into this fight And just fight in a way That he wouldn't get trapped Is foolhardy You know He's completely capable Of doing that mm. And that's what we saw He was capable and Logan Paul was never Knocking out Dylan Danis Yep Because he's knowledgeable enough in martial arts to know that he's not going to put himself in a position which is going to get himself caught because he is an elite martial artist in a martial art where getting caught is the name of the game. Yeah. So when I watched it play out, I was like, well, of course, this is why. And I think there was obviously this thought that Dylan was just going to go in there and be wild. So it was a letdown for the fans, I think, who probably paid to just see a good old-fashioned car park scrap. But it leads us to our next part in where to now. And obviously Dylan's going to go, well, you couldn't knock me out in boxing, let's do MMA. Yeah. Logan Paul, I know you're a big listener of here. Do not go anywhere near Dylan Danis in an MMA fight because... Dylan Dennis is not letting go. Dylan Dennis has the ability to submit you very, very easily. You know, Logan's a very good athlete. Logan wrestles. He, yeah, it's, pure, it's a different ballgame. Yeah. Different ball game. The problem is, is when Dylan gets a hold of Logan in a potential hypothetical MMA fight, he is going to do something so stupid that he's going to put you at risk because he's not going to let go if he's ta- if you're tapping. He's going to put you to sleep. Yeah. He's, if he's got you in an arm bar, he's going to crank it and break your arm You know because that's what Dylan Dennis has shown us throughout this whole process. It's what he showed us there. He went for the guillotine at the end. He went for the takedowns. He's trying to put on a show and because you've beaten him in a boxing fight, you'd be foolish to think that if you go into an MMA fight, he's not going to try and damage you mm. to get one back. Yeah. So if I was Logan Paul, I'd go, I've done. Wipe my hands. I beat you. I dominated you. Moving on. Move on. Yep. Yeah. What What about the world of boxing, mate? Mate, Tim Zhu, another Timmy one Zoo. in the books. Yep. Yeah, so and he's uh, done
0: what you suggested, go over there, maybe don't go after the big fights straight away, you mm-hmm. know.
1: Brian Mendoza, um, yep. yeah, it was a good performance. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I'm always... For any of our listeners, go and check out the highlights of Dylan Dennis, Logan Paul, and then straight after it, watch the highlights of Tim Zhu and Brian Mendoza. Yeah. (laughs) And you will get – not only will you get an appreciation for how good boxing can be, but you'll also get an appreciation of how good the Paul brothers and the whole Misfits crew are at making money on boxing because – the quality is just levels away. Oh, yeah. You know, so I, I you know, and I appreciate it. But um, look, Tim Zoo's uppercuts in the seventh were absolute money and he was putting in work, mate. But um, look, at the end of the tenth, he was hitting Mendoza with sledgehammers. And, you know, I, <laughs> I hate to say it, but I'm going to say it. Jeez, it just reminds me of Kostya. Yeah. Like, when you see Tim Zo boxing, you know, he gets caught every now and then, but it's not, he just doesn't shirk it. You know, Kostya used to get caught, but it's almost like they were hitting a brick wall. Mm. And then seeing Tim put on combinations and just move forward relentlessly, man, he looks like his dad. Yeah. It's it's beautiful. But, um, look, and let's let's keep chalking them up, Tim. Let's keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Called out, um, Charlo. Yeah, pretty stock standard. Yeah, I think. that
0: always had to happen, didn't it? Mm. Then that'll happen, probably. You'd say.
1: Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. If, if I mean, if Tim keeps doing what he's doing, yeah, yeah, I think it's got to happen.
0: All right, mate. Should we run into the NFL?
1: Yeah, give us a give us a rundown. Uh,
0: Chief kept on their winning ways, beating the Broncos 19-18. The Ravens beat the Titans 24-16. The Commies beat the Falcons 24-16 as well. Uh, the Vikings beat the Bears 19-13. Uh, the Seahawks Hawks went down to the Bengals 17-13. Mm. I'll get in that match in a moment. 19-17, to um, 17, the Browns beat the 49ers. That's a boil over. Yep, bit of a boil over. And the Texans beat the Saints 20-13. Uh, Jaguars beat the Colts 37-20. Dolphins, big performance against the Panthers, winning 42-21. Raiders 21 over the Patriots 17. The Lions win again 20 over the Bucks 6. The Rams 26 over the Cardinals 9. Um, the Jets beat Philly mm. 20 to 14. So that means no team is undefeated anymore with both the uh, Philly Eagles and the San Fran 49ers going down this weekend. And the Bills 14. Beat the Giants nine and the matchup tomorrow is going, to be, is going to be the, cows, the Cowboys versus the Chargers.
1: Mate, I've got no review this week. Apologies, listeners, but, Potty, you're going to go through the Seahawks-Bengals game.
0: Yeah, so I had a bit – Um, we obviously like watching the Seahawks play and I was uh, particularly keen because it was the last of my 3 leg multi mm. and uh, a painful way to go down, uh, 17-13. Um, it looked like the Seahawks were going to get a final chance. It, it was neck and neck. Seahawks scored first. Mm. Um, uh, Walker the third. Yeah, a, a quite a simple um, uh, touchdown to begin the game, and we thought, oh, here we go." Old oh, Kenneth. Yeah, old Kenneth, and then um, uh, the Bengals struck back, and uh, they were up fourteen seven, I think, at the uh, the halfway mark. And then it's just sort of the, the touchdowns dried up and it was just mm-hmm. a field goal fest. But um, unfortunately, um, while Seattle went very close at the end, they just couldn't get there. And and uh, Geno Smith took the loss pretty hard. He was sacked twice towards the end. Of the, oh, no, sorry, not sacked. He threw two intercepts at the end of the game. I think he was sacked once as well. Yeah. And so, he basically for,
1: so for non-NFL fans... He didn't get released by the team. Mm. Okay. He wasn't sacked. He was no. tackled. He was tackled. Yes. Okay. So that because that sounded quite dramatic. Yeah. Well,
2: <laughs>
0: according to Gino after the game, he deserved to be sacked as in flight after the game. He took it quite hard. He basically said it was his fault for the incompletes at the end of the game. Yeah. So, um, oh, look, watching um, the highlights in the last quarter, it was, geez, it was. It was a game that was there to be won, but to be fair, it was a game that was there to be really put away by Mm. Cincinnati as well. I mean, they won, but it was just they were the team that just sort of, like, it was a good game, but they fell over the line. Mm. So, you know, Seattle's lost a couple of games this year that really, like they lost, I think, to the Chargers in a really sort of meek performance to begin the year. and uh, They got one in them. That's yes. for sure. So, um, unfortunately, with the 49ers being so strong in their division, it's going to be – they're probably relying on the wild card, aren't they? Mm. So, um, yeah, I guess um, – I think it's going to be that sort of a season for them, though. Mm. Mm.
1: Um, Rightio, mate. The Cricket World Cup. Uh, the Cricket base World Cup, mate. So,
0: um, Australia's off to a horror start. They lost to India in their opening match and then South um, Africa comprehensively. Mm. Like, both games, pretty...
1: I've, I've got a headline for you, mate. Oh,
0: give it to me, mate.
1: Hammered by DeCock. <laughs> Aussies on the receiving end. Uh, Do you like it? Mate, I don't mind that one, but I feel like you're just warming up. Yeah, Saffir's unleashed DeCock slinger. <laughs> DeCock solid, Aussies limp. <laughs> That's my favourite, <laughs> mate. Back to back World Cup hundreds for Quinton de Kock. He absolutely slapped us around. Now, have you noticed that Quinn de Kock looks exactly like Finch from He, Pie? he, he does. does, he does. <laughs> uh, so I wonder if Stifler's mum was in India oh, for the match. <laughs> I'd have to say so. Yeah. Look, um,
0: you know, really bad start for the Aussies. But yeah. I, I was looking at it last Friday when this match came through, and I was like. I mean, this is a terrible start. But what sort of a what sort of a group have they been yeah. placed in? South Africa and India, and I was like, this can't be the case. Yeah. So I've I've jumped in and done a bit of a research, and they still call it the group stage, but it's basically a round robin. If group, you will, yeah, yeah. It, it is one, one group, group. Uh, and so that's te- all ten teams in the World Cup play each other once, and the top four um, go into the playoffs to finish with. So. You know, we talk about the draw in the NRL and other sports and mm. making it even. This is about as even as you could make
1: it. Yeah, well, everyone's got to play each other.
0: So I don't mind it. Yeah. And I um I saw that they – um this is the second World Cup in a row that they've done it. So it mm. be interesting to see how they go. New Zealand's doing very well. England, did you hear today? Well, they got beat
1: by Afghanistan. A- Afghanistan. Mm. So
0: that was a bit of a, a boil over and – uh, obviously India doing quite well in South Africa as well Pakistan I think is ranked second I'm not sure how they're traveling at the moment I think mm. they might be one and
1: one yeah I, I mean you you mentioned too there's a there's a, a team missing yeah I did mention world, someone because when we're talking about 10 teams, that's been whittled down from sixteen in two thousand and seven. Yep. Remember the Barbados police officer who was about a buck twenty, who was playing in the slips there. I don't think he could field anywhere else. I can't remember his <laughs> name. <laughs> but like you would think that the with sixteen teams, you want to get the most teams to a World Cup as possible. You know. You do. And you look at some of the sides that are playing in this one, like the Netherlands are still there. Mm. Um I mean Afghanistan were a minnow, but they're now getting quite strong, playing a lot of cricket in the Middle East, so playing in Abu Dhabi and the like in yep. Dubai. Um I'm just thinking, you know, with the wind he's not being there.
0: That's just shocking. That is yeah. unbelievable.
1: Is it is the 10 teams worth it if you're losing the windies or is it better I would hate I'd like to see from a financial perspective where the ICC are with this in whittling it down to 10 because yeah. you know having Ireland there who you know not strong nations Zimbabwe obviously you know are back playing cricket again like is it not worth having those sides in a world cup yeah well definitely oh. Just to grow I, the game yeah, and keep it afloat.
0: I, I complained about it, I guess, a little bit when New Zealand was beating someone last week, 96-0 in Rugby World Cup. And, you know, we've spoken about in the League World Cup where the Kangaroos mm. smash, I want to say, is it really worth having those teams in there if they're getting smashed? But if it means someone like the Windies mission out, I sort of changed my tune a little bit. Now, the Windies are a former World Cup winning team. I think they might have won the first two, but they're an absolute powerhouse Before our time, Grego, they used to have players like uh, Viv Richards. Mm. Oh, um,
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: And um, you could raffle off. But even in our time. But in our time, they had an absolute great team. Yeah. You got some names for us, Grego?
1: Well, I mean, Brian Lara is the big one.
0: Brian Lara. Perhaps some talk about him being the greatest batsman like, obviously, when we say the greatest batsman, everyone knows Don was number one. Mm. So we're talking, like, right up there with Sticky Riggy Bonnie mm. and um, Sachin so Tandulka. Well,
1: Brian, Lara and Sachin Tandulka were the same generation. Yeah. They pretty much went hand in hand. Yeah.
0: If you want... Giving Aussies nightmares. If you want to see a... Like, so Brian Lara's got the world record for the highest test innings ever with 400. Mm. And, like, he, he, he used to score centuries for fun and he used to, you know... Pick apart, like, Glenn McGrath and Shane Warne. But if you want to watch a beautiful batsman play, go and watch highlights of Brian
1: Lara. just mm. looked effortless. Who else we got, mate? mate. What are some Windy's players that bring you back?
0: Uh, the first one I think of, going back to the 90s, was big Curtly Ambrose. Ooh,
1: Ambrose, He was yep.
0: a firebrand and an absolute speed machine. Mm. Um, then I had to go with Carl Hooper, Carl the, Hooper the off-spinner. Yep, yep off-spinner yep. slash batsman. Richie Richardson, opening mm. batsman, captain to the Wendy's. Had a bat signed by uh, Richie Richardson oh. back when I was a young fella. Wow. Well. And um, Courtney Walsh. Now, yes. Courtney
1: Walsh... Um, that was a bowling attack, Ambrose and Walsh. Oh, that? yeah,
0: and along with Ian Bishop. Mm. But um, Courtney Walsh used to be the captain of the of the Wendy's and he was the highest um, r- test wicket taker of all time, not just fa- uh, fast mm. bowlers. But he was the leading, w- before um, obviously Jimmy Anderson, Glenn McGrath, Shane yeah. Warne, um, Moorley um, uh, took took his role. But he was the greatest test wicket taker of all time. But I still just remember him from bowling the, uh, the overarms in from the fence instead yeah. of throwing it because he didn't want to hurt his shoulder. <laughs> Um,
1: Uh, Mate, I've got a couple more, mate. Come on, mate. Shivnarine Chanderpaul, Yes, Shivnarine. Sun
0: plays now for the Windies. Mm,
1: And Jimmy Adams. Jimmy Adams. Adams. Now, I've got a Jimmy Adams story for the listeners. Now, back in, I believe they came out for the summer in 98, 99. Yep. It might have been the Windies come out. Now, KFC Car Park at South Penrith near the Pioneer Tavern next to John Coote's Furniture, the Windies came out. To KFC because they were sponsored by KFC at the time.
0: So, just were they there for like a no, uh, signing? No, they came, or yeah, just came out.
1: So, we were expecting, obviously, we're like, well, we better go. The Windies are coming out to the riff. Yeah. We better go out there. So but back at-
0: then they had that pool you wouldn't want to. Absolutely. Wanted,
1: yeah. So, we were thinking, we'll get, you know, I mean, mate, Brian Lara, he's going to be there. Absolutely. So, everyone's there for a bit of Brian Lara, and we got Jimmy Adams. Like, G- Jimmy Adams she- was there. He was a captain. Yeah. So, we we're pretty stoked to get Jimmy Adams. Disappointed that Brian Lara didn't come out. Rolled the arm over to Jimmy Adams. Yeah. Rolled the arm over. They had the cricket nets out up there in the car park. Don't tell me. Rolled the arm over to Jimmy Adams. I think I bowled a no ball, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh... Absolutely, absolutely no chance that Jimmy Adams was letting any of these little kids uh. put one through him. mate. <laughs> but um, yeah, so Jimmy Adams, and there was a couple of obviously touring uh, members of the team that I was I was uncertain of their names. Um, but yeah, it was I was mate Jimmy Adams, mate out in the Pan, uh, out in Penrith territory. Yeah, mm. beautiful,
0: mate. While we're on World Cups, it'd be remiss of us not to talk about the rugby that has been played over the last few days and geez it has been some games um heartbreak for the irish mate they Mm. went down 24 uh points 28 points 24 should i say um just the all blacks just too good in the end i've heard it described and i only saw the highlights as one of the greatest games of Mm. rugby ever
1: yeah it was it was a good match I, i mean i watched um you know after i didn't watch the full match i just watched the shorts and um But I also – mate, I took time to watch the the post-match presser with – You were impressed. Oh, absolutely. Andy Farrell and Johnny Sexton, mate. It was – if you've got a bit of time, ladies and gentlemen, go and check out the post-match presser. Not only the way that Andy Farrell – and I love Andy Farrell because I'm a rugby league man. And for anybody who knows their history, Andy Farrell was an absolute Wigan legend Mm. before he moved over to Rugby Union – and played for England. Yeah. Andy Farrell is rugby league royalty. The way Andy Farrell spoke after it was absolutely amazing. The way they accepted defeat despite disappointment, but also to not only Andy Farrell and Johnny Sexton, the way the media treated those two in their questioning and the camaraderie between not only... The captain, the coach, and the media was unbelievable. Go and check it out. Because yeah. it's, it's something that we don't get very often. There's often, you know, well, after a, a devastating defeat, coaches don't want to be there, captains don't want to be there, but the way, the, the inherent respect that was there between not only the coach and the players but also to the travelling Irish media was unbelievable. It was, it's pretty impressive. Mm. So, um. And then
0: uh, South Africa, they beat France in another absolute cracking game. Uh, they Ooh. beat France, I think, 29 points to 28. So heartbreak for the French, who <sighs> obviously knocked over me. New Zealand in the first um, first match and everyone was predicting uh, big things for them. And uh, Argentina...
1: They've beaten I mean, Wales. Don't cry for me. Don't cry for me. You know I mate, love that one. Mate. What hurts is the fact that who's the coach of Argentina?
0: Who is the coach of Argentina? Mate, he's mate?
1: also the coach of the Lebanon rugby league team. Oh. Michael Checker. Oh, how are we as the Wallabies sitting back? You know, and Australians sitting back, and you know, and this is no blot on Eddie Jones, but how are we as a, an organisation of rugby and watching? such a great coach do these things with the Pumas. Yeah. Like, it's very, very tough to take. It is. You know? And I like Michael Checker. Yeah. But it just shows how much of a shit show... Rugby is in this country.
0: It really is. They are so far off the mark, and I think for a lot of years they sort of hung their hat on the fact, oh, you know, New Zealand are just too good, like they'd beat anyone. No, we are shit. We are shit house, and now everyone is absolutely... But it starts us. from
1: the top, and it
0: fills us down. Exactly. It does. So that brings us to the semifinals, which you played out over the next uh, week, and that's going to be... New Zealand versus Argentina and England versus South Africa. Mm. Look, I think if you're betting your house on it, you're expecting a New Zealand versus South Africa final. But um,
1: Jeez, I would love to see the Pumas get in. How good, How would, it good be? would that be? Pumas versus England? Yeah. If they get in, would you wear Puma pants?
0: Well, maybe I'd get it. Why not? <laughs> Why
1: the hell not? I'll tell you what, they'd be in my multi. <laughs> That's a, the old 12-man the special, that yeah. one, the old Puma pants. <laughs>
0: Uh, anyway mate So that brings us To the end of all sport mm. Should we look at our multis Yeah Have a look at the multis Look mine finally came through This week mate Because as I mentioned Last yeah. week I, ax- I I butchered it And the Seahawks Went down for me <laughs> By four points And they, they, it was theirs to lose So that was an absolute um, Well it wasn't theirs to lose But you, you get my point They broke my heart It's as if they didn't even Give a damn about my bet really Yeah But uh, And I know they're big listeners So yeah That can't be the case
1: Um Mate, uh, I didn't bet on the weekend, so I broke even. Oh, mate. I'm pretty happy with that. I completely forgot. Yep. So, anyway, but you had that bet running from last week. Yep, so, so I kept us going and, uh, left that.
0: and kept our streak alive of yeah. losing. And, uh, you know, as um, a good mate of mine always says, we're in, when at the blackjack table, the push isn't a loss, mate. So mm. yeah, you didn't lose your money.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh righty mate, the big one. All right, mate. The penis so, of the um, week. Where are we this penis week? Penis of the week.
0: Um... People who feel the need to um, report on not fake news, just no news issues. So, fuck, there's plenty of those.
1: Yeah. um, uh, Welcome to the Sports Detention Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) Look, um,
0: you you obviously saw the um, friendlies over the weekend, um, Mm. and and, um, England played. uh, England played Australia and they Soccer won winners, it, yeah. and they won 1-0. So, obviously, um, we were um, a bit disappointed in that and uh, I was looking to get a bit of a read-up on the game, mate, and just, you know, what's going on? Um, um, first thing I saw was James Madison had a moment to forget. And I was like, oh, okay, he's butchered something. He's Another stuffed England something up. Cap. Yep. Oh, <laughs> so, I thought, you know what, I'm going to check out... All it was, mate, was he uh, went to have a drink of water and he sprayed the water the wrong way. That was the story.
1: Wow. That was it, mate.
0: There was nothing (laughs) about the game. That was the shocker he had. And I have just fed that story and that journalist a click.
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely. And so I'm furious at myself, but there was plenty to report on So are you the penis of the week? No, mate, I couldn't give it to myself (laughs) two out of three weeks. I'm going to have to really try and dig deep not to give it to myself again for a while. But look, mate. I was led astray, and I'm disappointed. Mm. Just it was a it was a good match. Well, okay. it, was, it was a match. <laughs> there was soccer to talk about.
1: Yeah. Don't 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 report They're on rubbish. Just, that's British tabloids, mate. It doesn't
0: uh, surprise. Anyway, mate, you look mate. you look gutted by that,
1: mate. Oh, look, my penis of the week. I've thought long and hard. Actually, I'm just making it up as we go now. But um, <laughs> look, the Australian Electrical Commission. Mm. Mate, we had to vote on the weekend. Now, I'm not going to get all political and discuss the vote. However, the Australian Electoral Commission, you guys are going to be my penis of the week because an opportunity was Miss Potty. Mm. Now, in this great country called Australia, you need to take opportunities with both hands. So when you have a vote for the voice... And the electoral officers don't fucking press a button and spin around to take your name, like Guy Sebastian and Delta Goodrum. You've wasted that chance. The Australian Electoral Commission, you need to be better. If you're going to have a vote on The Voice, you need to set up the local community centre like The Voice Studio. You need to set it up with chairs that spin around. (laughs) (laughs) They let you down, mate. I just had an old bloke with a high-vis vest on. I was expecting Guy Sebastian, maybe even Kelly Rowland. Oh. But no. I got old Terry. Anyway, Australian Electrical Commission. Penis of the week. All right, mate, we are done. That'll do us. Yeah. We
0: we are absolutely rolling
1: we're done mate okay well ladies and gentlemen as i mentioned before get a like get a subscribe thank you for joining us um and welcome to any new listeners now we are an interactive podcast here what we like to do is we like you guys to get your ideas your comments in on the social media instagram twitter you'll get us there um send us an email a facsimile don't have a number, though. No. Um, get in touch with us, guys. Let's uh, let's get the chatter going, get the banter going in the uh, in the comments section of our social media streams, guys. Um, anything else to add, Pod, before we're done?
0: Not from me, mate. Mm-hmm. Thank you, listeners. Love your okay. work.
1: Okay, yeah, well, uh, where did we go this week? Well, so for all of our listeners in Terrigal, Home of the Sharks, we say good night.
0: And farewell.